Welcome back to the Keystone Kickoff Show. Brought to you by New Trail Brewing Company. New Trail beers are brewed right here in central Pennsylvania and delivered fresh and cold to your favorite retailers every week. When you're in Happy Valley, be sure to find New Trail at WR Hickey and other craft beer retailers. Hello and welcome to the Keystone Kickoff Show. I'm Jim Galante along with Andrew P. Shea. Andy, another home game this weekend against the Northwestern Wildcats that we're all looking forward to a home game. Quick reminder, if you want to be the all-star at your tailgate, remember this, our good friends at New Trail Brewery, they've brought out their whiteout beer. It's a loud double IPA. Trust me, you'll love it once you try it. If you're heading out to State College this weekend, just make a quick stop at WR Hickey and pick up your whiteout. You won't regret it. And like I said, it will make you the all-star of your tailgate party. Andy, that's what's going to be at my tailgate, all right? Let's get to our show. A couple quick notes. We won't be doing Ask Andy this week, but don't worry. It'll be back next week. We have a special guest for quarters two and three. But let's start with Andrew Pichet. Let's start with the news of the week, Andy. Let's start with the rankings like we always do. Penn State went from unranked to 22 to 14. Now they're up to number 11. You win, you go up. It's very easy. Pretty simple. Not not something to have any heartache over, right? No, they weren't weren't ranked preseason, so they don't really have a chance of being overvalued, right? That's one thing I kind of like. I I don't I know why they do preseason rankings. I, I'm ne- I've never been a fan of them because it creates overvalued situations. You know, Penn State's ranked 11th. I feel that's right where they should be ranked based on their performance. So, sort of their ranking member last year they got up to number 5 and and you know, there were, you know, visions of grandeur and then it fell off a cliff, but they might have been a little overvalued because of where they started in the preseason, but I think they're right where they should be. They're still a little bit of a under-the-radar, undefeated team. I look at teams around them and below them, and I'm like, I think Tennessee is definitely a little overvalued, and USC is way too freaking high. That's ridiculous that they're that high. But um, watch them play football, and you'll know. You only have to watch a quarter. And Now, are they a bad team? No. But anyway... When it comes to Penn State, I think they're exactly where they want to be. You know, they're playing a Northwestern team that's struggling, so they're going to get some ranking points. They'll they'll be just fine. They've got their big games ahead of them, and that's where they'll make uh, giant leaps. Now, uh, James Franklin made a bit of news this week at his press conference. He uh, addressed a few things. A couple players, Keziah Izzard, and Smith Vilbert have been absent all season. As we know, James Franklin doesn't get into detail of why players are missing, but it does appear that we may see Keziah Izzard as early as this week coming back. How much of a difference will he make for this team? Yeah, I think he's really important for them. Um, you'll, you'll never know why they, they weren't available. Perhaps it was injury. Perhaps it was something else. Kind of some of that indicators meant they just you know there were some things they needed to take care of before they could focus on football and play football again but either way I think he's really important interior wise to their rotation I thought he was 
a player that came back and made himself. When P.J. Mustafer went down, he was one of those players that sort of filled a role and stood out. And I think he's very important to the interior of the defensive line. I think he helps them. I really think he does. And I'm looking forward to them having him back. And it does add to that depth situation that, again, James Franklin has been emphasizing all year. Speaking of players coming back, we know Catron Allen, I'm sorry, had the big game last week, but Kevon Lee was a bit nicked up. He was at practice, looked like a full go. So what that leads to, Andy, is the question I mentioned. Catron Allen had the big game last weekend. We know Nicholas Singleton, what he's about. He had a couple big games. So where does Kevon Lee fit in if he's back and healthy? So when I look at the running backs, um, I look at production, right? So we are four games in, and and production matters. So if you look at the two freshmen, right, they've sort of been, you know, yinging and yanging a little bit. They've been basically kind of splitting carries as they've gone along through this. Sharing carries is, you know, sharing carries might be another way to put it. But, you know, they've got 42 and 36 carries. That's that's very equal. They're averaging nine yards a carry. That's Singleton, six yards a carry. Allen, really, really good stuff. Seven touchdowns, 600 yards to four games. That's outstanding production. Kevon Lee is coming back. He's the least productive in what the touches that he has obtained so far. And eventually that has to matter, right? I don't think they're going to not play him, but I think his opportunities are going to be a little more limited and he has to really take advantage of them. If he wants to be part of the rotation, I really think so. I, I mean, the two freshmen are, they're productive and Kevon Lee has not been nearly as productive. Hey, you have to produce. And if he, you know, if he doesn't come back and play and, and doesn't produce, you can't just keep giving him carries because he's a veteran. The other guys are more productive. You have to go with them. And the two of them together are better than any single one on the field. That is my other observation. Those two freshmen together as running backs for Penn State are stronger and better than any one of them just being the RB1. Andy, Andy, I think it's the situation, and you put it pretty well, that you know, Kevon Lee will probably be third in the pecking order. All three will play, where in the beginning of the season, it was Lee first, then Singleton, then Allen. You probably have to adjust that now, where Singleton is first, then Allen, and then Lee. And you're right, Lee's going to have to make the most of his opportunities because, and we saw it a little bit last week, even though Singleton and Allen got about the same number of carries, I think it was like 13 and 12, in that second half, they went more and more to Allen because he was being more productive. Yep. They went with the hot hand. Yep, uh, I 100% agree. Speaking of players uh, being available and ready, the there was a nice little rumor going around, uh, Andy, that Sean Clifford was a bit nicked up, and we might actually see Drew Aller's first start this week. Apparently, those rumors were put to rest by James Franklin, saying Sean Clifford's as healthy as he's ever been at this point in the season. But it kind of leads me to this question, Andy, that you have Northwestern this week, where Penn State's the heavy favorite. 
you have a bye week the following week before you hit your gauntlet of Michigan, Minnesota, and Ohio State. If Sean Clifford's not 100%, able to play, but not 100%, would you consider uh, starting Aller and going that way just Never. to give Clifford time nope. to heal up? No. Nope. If Sean Clifford is not available, that is the only situation where Drew Aller starts. If, it, 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 irregardless of the opponent, if you want your you want your starters and your best players to play, if Sean Clifford is deemed available and able to play, whether that's eighty percent, ninety percent, or hundred percent, doesn't matter. You are you are able to play. He starts. He's your starting quarterback. You don't change that up. If he's not available, then you have to start Drew Aller. But if it's a 50-50 prop and you're like, well, we got this break and Northwestern's not that good, and maybe we'll give Aller a crack at starting. Don't do that. That's a huge mistake. You start your guy, you play your guy if he's available, and I think it's a little bit incumbent on this Penn State coaching staff and the offensive coordinator to get Drew Aller some meaningful snaps in this game. He got a little bit more of a half, you know, he got in last week, but I, I you know, when it's 14, seven in the second quarter, put him in the game. I'd like to see him say Penn state's leading 14, seven early second quarter, put him in the game, give him a series. That's a meaningful series. Does every series he gets help. Yeah. But get him in there with a little bit of feet in the fire and just say, Sean, we're just going to give him a series to see what he can do. It's not like Sean's going to lose his ever loving mind. He's 24 years old and understands and knows his role. And they're like, you know, no matter what happens here, you're going back in. Okay. That's fine. You think Sean Clifford's going to bellyache? No. So I would like to really see that. Andy, I'm with you on that. I guess I just feel that Sean Clifford gets beat up every year. Now, I'm not saying you yank him for no reason or not start him for no reason, but if he is beat up, if he does feel the effects and you want him fresh for later in the season, I don't think it would be the worst thing in the world to 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 bring Aller in. Uh, let's hit a couple more things here, Andy, before we finish up. We've had over the last several weeks the appearance, the coming out party, if you will, for Nick Nicholas Singleton for Katron Allen was last week, the coming out party for deny Dennis Sutton, where he just, we finally, we saw the payoff. We had uh, two sacks from him within a series of what three plays. So is that his coming out party as a true freshman? Uh, No, it is not. It was sort of late in the game against, you know, central Michigan. No, but, he is sort of pushing his way in. I think it wasn't a coming out party of like, hey, look at what this guy can do. No, no, it was not. It was just that guy couldn't block him. But beyond that, he's they can go four deep now with him at the defensive end position. Um, I really think they can. I think they can start to rotate him in maybe a little sooner and a little bit more. Is he a starter? Not even close. Is he what I call worthy of role reps? In other words, he's got a role, and we're going to put him in that role on a consistent basis. I think that's where he's at. He's got three sacks, three tackles for a loss, and and a pass breakup. There's clearly some upside to that. So in a limited, you know, in limited role snaps, get him in there a little bit more, um, and and 
I do think he gives them pure four deep so you can afford to do that. And Andy, I think it's also worth pointing out that especially along the defensive line, the defensive ends, they rotate guys in. So you probably, you want to have four guys who have starter status, I'll call it. You know, they're going to play significant reps. You're already seeing it with three, with Adisa Isaac, Chop Robertson, and, and Tar Burton. So they probably want a fourth guy that they can count on. And maybe it is deny Dennis Sutton. It would be nice to see. Again, he's a freshman with such a high ceiling. That is always a good thing. All right, Andy, that's it for quarter number one. We have our special guest, Scott Shirley, coming in in quarter two and three. And then Andrew Pichet will be back to preview the Northwestern game in quarter number four. New Trail Brewing Company proudly crafts their beers right here in central Pennsylvania. Brewed with only the best possible ingredients, New Trail produces a variety of year-round brands as well as weekly experimental recipes. New Trail Broken Heels is Pennsylvania's favorite local hazy IPA. This beer is smooth and full-bodied. Hand-selected citra hops lead to notes of bright clementine and juicy ruby red grapefruit. Broken Heels is perfect for a pregame tailgate all the way through the victory celebration. It's that time again for football and tailgating, and no better way than with GoPSURV. Drive your vehicle to Happy Valley and have an RV set up and waiting for you. And this year, KSN is teaming up with GoPSURV to offer a special deal. Be the first to reserve the KSN special for the Ohio, Central Michigan, Northwestern, Maryland, or Michigan State game, and you'll get $500 off your RV. Call Mark at 800-519-8467 and tell him you want the KSN RV special. StateCollege.com is your one-stop source for news, sports, opinion, entertainment, and community events. Over a decade of experience covering the Nittany Lions from reporter Ben Jones. Lively commentary from columnist Mike Porman and others. Local perspective, local expertise, local information from Penn State's hometown website, StateCollege.com. Trust StateCollege.com for daily coverage of the school, team, and place you love. We are Tech Results, located right here in State College. Whether it's workstation, server and network installation, problem solving and maintenance, security assessments, or general evaluations, we are your complete IT partner. Learn more at TechResults.com. That's T-E-K Results.com. Or call us at 814-206-0000. Welcome back to the Keystone Kickoff Show. Brought to you by New Trail Brewing Company. New Trail beers are brewed right here in central Pennsylvania and delivered fresh and cold to your favorite retailers every week. When you're in Happy Valley, be sure to find New Trail at WR Hickey and other craft beer retailers. And welcome back to the Keystone Kickoff Show. It's quarter number two. I'm Jim Galante with our very special guest, Scott Shirley. Scott is a former Penn State football player, former baseball player at Penn State. He's the founder of Uplifting Athletes, which is the parent organization to the Penn State chapter that runs the Lift for Life that you're all probably familiar with. Scott currently runs PledgeIt.org, a company that he started that allows users to use crowdfunding to raise money for worthwhile causes. 
and perhaps most impressively, Scott coached his son Holden's eight and under team to the Cal Ripon Baseball World Series Championship. Scott, welcome to the show. And did I miss anything? <laughs> no, that's uh, that's pretty good. But I, I do think the World Series Championship is a crown jewel. I've told people I spent probably 15 years of my um, athletic career in pursuit of being on a team that finished number one in the country. And I finished top 10 three times in my life. But man, that was not even in the same universe as finishing number one. So Holden's eight. He can check that off. Um, the, the big question now is where does he go from here? <laughs> well, first off, he surpasses dad, right? We, right. We're going to see him at in about 10 years. We'll, we'll see him at Penn State, I hope. All right. Hey, Scott, the reason why I asked you on, you and I, whenever we get together, we have some great conversations about college football in general, Penn State football specifically. And I always love getting your perspective on things. So getting the opportunity to have you on, I, I was thrilled for that. And let's start with this. Let's start with NIL, which is the latest, greatest, well, I'll say greatest, that's to be determined, but it has a, probably as big an impact on college football as anything we've seen for years. And you and I have talked about it for a long time, that compensation was coming to the players one way or another. Is NIL the right way? I, I don't know if it's necessarily right or wrong. Um, it is the path forward. And like you said, for a long time, this has been something that is necessary. And and I think that whatever the first attempt at it was, was going to be wrong. So they had to take a first step and then start to figure it out from there. Right. So, you know, it's already morphed in ways that I don't think they expected. I knew everybody reasonably expected unintended consequences of opening Pandora's box. But now that, uh, you know, now that it's been opened, um, I think you're going to see a lot of things. I do think, I think you're going to see player representation in the form of unionization, um, you know, so the players don't get taken advantage of. I mean, who who's reviewing the contracts to make sure that, that they're fair for the players? You know, what advantages do certain players have over other players? What advantages do schools have over other schools? I mean, those are all things that are nearly impossible to legislate <clears throat> out of the gate until you see them in practice. But I mean, there's a reason that rule books get bigger, not smaller over time, right? Like, once you start to legislate it, you just have to continue um, down that path. So they've opened it up. Now um, now they're going to have to try to figure out how to put you know more parameters around it so that it does what it's intended to do. I think the great fear that fans had with it is uh, what it would do to parity in college football. My response is always, well, there's not parity now, so how, how could that be worse? But is there concern that and I'll use Texas A&M as an example, who pretty much bought the best recruiting class in the country this past year. Is there concern that there will be teams with money versus the teams without? Well, absolutely. And I think that, uh, you know, it's it's funny, draw an analogy, in the 70s, right, there were not scholarship limits. So the teams that could could afford to put more players on scholarship would put hundreds of players on scholarship. I, I, I've i heard that Pitt in the 70s had 200 football players on scholarship. And a lot of them were players that they were putting on scholarship to prevent them from going to Penn State. Like it was a defensive recruiting mechanism. You know, we might not have plans to use you, but we don't want our opponent to use you. So we're going to get you to come here. 
And that was, you know, transfer rules were different then. So it's one of these things I think is always evolving. Um, I think that opening up the playoffs is a good step to try to bring some parity back into the equation. Um, And, and, you know, I, I think to that point, Joe, when he recruited us, he recruited us with a promise that during our time there, we would have a chance to compete or be in the conversation for the national championship. And back then that meant you had to be in a position late in the season that you could get one of the top two rankings, right? Because I played in the BCS era. Um, And, you know, the playoffs expanded that to four, but it's been mostly the same teams in those four spots. And I think it's kind of the difference between possibility and probability as as a recruits considering options. And right now, it's not even a possibility to make the playoffs at a lot of schools, right? By opening it up to 12 teams, that possibility exists now for 25, 30 teams. Probability probably still resides within 15 to 20, but it does allow the talent to spread out a little bit more. Um, and I think that the, uh, the flow of funds with, with NIL will, will, will level off to some degree over time too. So I, I actually, I've been opposed to the idea of an expanded playoff for a long time because you know, I've made the argument that every game is a playoff game during the college football season. It's what makes it interesting. But I think it's a necessary step now to bring parity back into the back into the equation. One, one last thought on NIL before we do talk about the playoffs. Let's talk closer to home. Let's talk Penn State, where there's been uh, three collectives coming in. And my take on it, Scott, has been that Penn State has essentially the collectives are trying to say, I'm going to leverage the fact that Penn State has so many, such a large alumni base. If we can just get a good percentage of them to give a small amount of money, we'll, that's the advantage we'll have versus, you know, I always call it the Texas A&M oil barons, you know, a couple guys given a few million dollars. But with that the case, you still need buy-in from the Penn State uh, fan base. And I'm not sure that's happening yet. Does there need to be a mindset change within the Penn State fan base to embrace NIL, where right now they seem to be pushing back on it? Um, I, I don't think that's the case, that it's because the fan base doesn't embrace NIL. I think if you look at any traditional fundraising model, and that's essentially what this is, right? These collectives are raising raising funds, you know, whatever terms you want to use, capital raise. And if you look at every, you know, billion dollar campaign that Penn State runs, sure, there's the idea that 600,000 alumni, everybody can give a couple bucks. But the reality is they they call it a giving pyramid, right? Like you need your leadership gifts. You need people at the top. And the, the reality is the idea that everybody gives a couple bucks is really a fantasy. And, you know, the, the one, one analogy I use is when Mark Herzler came back um, to play his first game after beating you in Tarcoma at Boston College, um, Uplifting Athletes did a text to give in the stadium. So 60,000 fans, Mark Herzlick runs on the field, they flash on the scoreboard, you know, text the short code to Uplifting, you know, to give $5 to Uplifting Athletes. And I did it because I was excited about it. And we got $5. 60,000 fans, and not one person took that step. And I think, you know, they call it the bystander effect. Everybody assumes somebody else will do it. Um, you know, but the idea that if everybody in Beaver Stadium just gave a dollar, just gave $10 or whatever multiple you want to use, it, it really is a, a fantasy um, that it can be done in that in that way. 
Um, it can be done to supplement, you know, an effort that's led by by the bigger donors or the leadership gifts. But, you know, every every fundraising model, um, you know, there's a reason that that's not how Penn State has raised funds otherwise. Right. Like there's a tried and true method and NIL fundraising is going to follow that, too. Let's switch over to something you talked about, the, the college football playoffs. And it's coinciding with the expansion of conferences where we had Texas, Oklahoma make their way to the Southeast Conference. We have USC and UCLA coming to the Big Ten. And those, all of these decisions are made with money in mind first, Scott. Let's, yep. We all know that. And we've already seen it with the Big Ten uh, signing that major, major uh, a television contract. But now we're going to have those teams switching to Big Ten and Southeast Conference. We're expanding to 12 teams uh, for the playoffs. Are those things good for the players? Are those things good for the fans? I, I would say yes and yes. Um, you know, start with the fans. Um, you know, I, I think it is elevating college football you know if you look at the popularity of professional sports and affinity you know it's it's the olympics at the top but that's only once every four years um i'm really only talking summer games um and then nfl and then major league baseball and then probably nba and then probably college football and probably nhl hockey i think there's a chance that that these moves could take the sport of college football and elevate it to number three, I think it could leapfrog Major League Baseball in terms of the broad appeal and popularity of the sport. I think that that's a good point. If you, We talk about March Madness come spring in basketball, and people who haven't watched basketball all season all of a sudden are glued to their TV sets because of this tournament that goes on, and you could have that kind of feeling where the bowl games are starting to lose their interest because they don't determine a national champion. Now you have 12 teams involved. I saw the one item within the playoffs that I really liked was you're going to have playoff games on campus. So could you imagine Penn state playing, you know, pick your team in a home playoff game at Beaver stadium, what that atmosphere would be like. Yeah. And I think, you know, you and I talked offline about this the other day, but I'm friends with Clemson fans and, once you start routinely going to the same bowl games or routinely going to the playoffs, it's less of an experience for you. And you've been there once and then, you know, you, you kind of stay at home. Well, now it makes the destinations almost infinitely possible, right? Like, and look at how many you yourself traveled down to Auburn to experience a game at Auburn. You know, there's a chance that you could play in the playoffs 10 consecutive years and each one would be a different experience. Exactly. And, you know, I keep talking about it. I think our listeners are probably tired of me saying it. Or the Auburn experience was incredible. It was fantastic. And it, the fact that it was on campus made it even better. You know, the interaction with the Auburn fans, the Auburn fans doing their thing. And I think it's good for those communities, for the businesses, for the region, for, you know, sports tourism is huge. And that's the reason that bowl games, you know, bowl, cities host bowl games. So we're giving that, you know, opportunity to small towns across the country now, too. Exactly. It's something I would really look forward to. 
All right, we're not done with Scott. We've got another quarter with him. Stick around. We're going to keep going in quarter number three. New Trail Brewing Company proudly crafts their beers right here in central Pennsylvania. Brewed with only the best possible ingredients, New Trail produces a variety of year-round brands, as well as weekly experimental recipes. And next time you're watching the game with friends or by the campfire, pick up the New Trail Hoppy Variety Pack. New Trail's Hoppy Pack is an absolute crowd pleaser. Packed with four different hoppy beers, it's sure to please everyone. It's that time again for football and tailgating, and no better way than with Go PSU RV. Drive your vehicle to Happy Valley and have an RV set up and waiting for you. And this year, KSN is teaming up with Go PSU RV to offer a special deal. Be the first to reserve the KSN special for the Ohio, Central Michigan, Northwestern, Maryland, or Michigan State game, and you'll get $500 off your RV. Call Mark at 800-519-8467 and tell him you want the KSN RV special. StateCollege.com is your one-stop source for news, sports, opinion, entertainment, and community events. Over a decade of experience covering the Nittany Lions from reporter Ben Jones. Lively commentary from columnist Mike Porman and others. Local perspective, local expertise, local information from Penn State's hometown website, StateCollege.com. Trust StateCollege.com for daily coverage of the school, team, and place you love. We are Tech Results. Located right here in State College, we specialize in providing assistance with many third-party software suites. Our clients include doctor's offices, lawyers, construction companies, and even hairdressers. We provide help with their industry-specific software. Learn more at TechResults.com. That's T-E-K Results. Dot com or give us a call at 814-206-0000. Welcome back to the Keystone Kickoff Show, brought to you by New Trail Brewing Company. New Trail beers are brewed right here in central Pennsylvania and delivered fresh and cold to your favorite retailers every week. When you're in Happy Valley, be sure to find New Trail at WR Hickey and other craft beer retailers. And welcome back to the Keystone Kickoff Show. I'm Jim Galante. I'm with our special guest, Scott Shirley. It's quarter number three of the show. Yes, yes, I know. This is typically where we do Ask Ross, or now we do Ask Andy. Don't worry. That will come back next week where we'll take our take your questions. But I wanted to take advantage of the opportunity of having Scott in here. Um, Scott, we did a lot of uh, conversation about college football on a national basis with NIL and the playoffs expansion of conferences and so on. I want to get a little closer to home and talk Penn State football. One thing I'm always fascinated about is the conversation about the coach. Now, you were here during the Joe Paterno era where, you know, we didn't even think about a coaching change at the time. It was, Joe was he was just here, and that was always going to be the case, or so it seemed. Now with James Franklin, actually the conversation about fans, it kind of goes both ways. James has flirted with other jobs over the last couple of years. We've also had uh, James Franklin's been 500 the last two years, which I think most Penn State fans would say, wait a minute, that's not acceptable. We expect better. But I think there are some fans who go much further who are even counting down the days till 
they don't have James Franklin as their coach. Is that fair to judge him on the standards of, say, Ohio State or Alabama? I would just caution you to be careful what you wish for. Um, you know, I think what Nebraska fans are experiencing right now, and because of uplifting athletes, I'm I'm in a lot of fan groups on Facebook that I've been added to over the years, and um, it's just so fascinating to see the commentary of Nebraska deserves a national championship as if that is something that there you that people have a right to um but I'll never forget the press conference in 2003 when Peterson their AD at the time fired Frank Solich and said that you know we refused to spiral to mediocrity hired Callahan um Callahan tried to modernize the program the fan base you know the cultures didn't didn't mesh Callahan had moderate success so they fired him hired Polini. He got him back to three consecutive nine win seasons, which is, you know, it was an upgrade from where they were. Um, people felt like his demeanor wasn't, wasn't Nebraska, wasn't a fit for Nebraska. Um, and they were looking for a reason to run him out and, you know, nine wins isn't good enough. And, you know, they transitioned to the big 10, which I think, you know, presented some challenges. So they fired him, hired Mike Riley, and I think they made the mistake, and I think it's a cardinal sin a lot of blue blood programs make, is they think we can fire a coach and then we can hire whoever we want because we're Nebraska or because we're Michigan or because we're, say, Penn State. You know, they think that there's enough value in the brand that, you know, well, it doesn't matter. We'll go get, we'll figure out who we want and get them. Well, you know, Michigan, that's how Michigan ended up with Rich Rodriguez, right? He, he was, or Brady Hoke, he was fourth or fifth on their list at the time. You know, they went through two or three coaching cycles where they didn't get their number one guy. They didn't get their number two guy. Um, you know, I think Notre Dame's been through that too. And, and I think Nebraska has experienced that. So they end up with Mike Riley. You know, Mike Riley is a failed four-year experiment. And then they bring in Scott Frost. And they at least had Frost locked and loaded before they fired Riley. But, um, you know... It's been four years. He hasn't gotten it gone. He's made some decisions that, you know, frustrate fans and boosters or whatever. Um, but if if Scott Frost can't make it work there, man, who are they going to get? And who wants that job? You know, I don't want to go work there now. Um, you know, I, I see, you know, the funny thing about me in the fan group is they're all talking about, you know, Urban Meyer wants to come here. We just need to pay him whatever he's worth. Well, Urban, Urban doesn't have the best tracker. He wins games, but... If none of those other guys worked, good luck with Urban if if you're even able to pull it off. And I can't imagine in what reality Urban truly is desiring that job. And to add to that, has there ever been what appeared to be a better hire for a school than Scott Frost to no, Nebraska? Right. They need to fi- they needed to figure out how to make that work. And, you know, so kind of circling back to the point about James Franklin, I mean, you know, I, I obviously I'm a Paterno fan. I love what he did and his legacy and its impact and changed my life. But then I was a Bill O'Brien fan. And then I was a Franklin fan and I was a Franklin fan. You know, I've known him since he was at Maryland and, you know, worked with him at Vanderbilt. And I think Penn state, you know, I'm lucky. I feel lucky that we have him as our coach. He's probably the second most tenured coach in the big 10 at this point. I mean, the reality is he's been our coach for a long time now and he does want to be there. And I think it's important you know, and the contract negotiations are as much about respect as they are about anything else. Um, and two, two 500 seasons during, you know, the pandemic and with Clifford's injury last year and not having the quarterback death because of the transfer portal. 
I mean, he's done a really good job modernizing the program. I mean, you mentioned uh, Chad Powers earlier. You know, the, the amount of creative staff and video staff and, you know, the, the, the organization that he's running now, um, you know, there's not a lot of people that are capable of doing what he's doing. And, you know, the other tell, I think, is his ability to recruit coaches. I mean, he has Wisenhunt. He has Dan- Manny Diaz. Like, those are guys that know, and they can't say no to James. So if he's attracting guys like that, um, you know, I think that's a good signal for the direction the program's going. And, and you know, the, the thing that I'll, I'll, I'll end with is I think he represents Penn State like Penn State deserves, you know, more so than a national championship. We don't have guys getting in trouble. We have guys graduating. We have guys going on and representing the university at a high level. Um, so, you know, I think he, he has and continues to check all the boxes for me. One of the things that I like about him this year, Scott, is I think there are things where he's been stubborn but has shown he's willing to change. I don't think he ever used to play the backup quarterback enough. He got burned by things last year. Guess what? We're seeing Drew Aller play more. He wouldn't go under center. He was married to the RPO for his running game. Now we're seeing you know, um, Nick Singleton with a running star getting pitches to go outside. He seems to be willing to adjust, which I think is a great skill. But my question for you is, you, you mentioned uh, Joe Paterno, and you played under him. Is this a fair statement? I, I think of James Franklin as the modern-day version of Joe. I think he worries about education. He worries about creating a family environment. I do believe he cares about the players, and I do believe he, he believes in doing things the right way. So it, you played for Joe. Is that a fair assessment? Yeah, I mean, I think there's a lot of nuance in that. I think they are very unique and different individuals, but I think he represents the program well. One of my favorite things I haven't I haven't thought about it in a while, but when Dave Joyner hired Bill O'Brien, he said we're looking for somebody with a Penn State heart, nece- not necessarily Penn State blood. And I think both O'Brien and Franklin have that Penn State heart. Um, and you know, I, I guess to try to answer your question another way. I'm not sure who out there I would say is a modern day Joe Paterno, um, but I'm very happy uh, with James Franklin uh, representing Penn State. And I think he's done a great job continuing the legacy. And as a former player, I think one of the things that's really important, and I've seen this at a lot of programs where it doesn't happen, is is continuity. I mean, the fact that James has been there as long as he has, has allowed former players to kind of reintegrate with the program, um, stay connected. And there's a lot of schools where the coaching turnover just completely alienates former players, where you don't know anybody in the building. It doesn't feel like you're going home. You know, your parents sold your childhood house. It's still your childhood house. But, you know, you can knock on the door and somebody might let you in to look around, but it's not your house anymore. Well, you know, James Franklin and the continuity that he brings, I think, has made it feel like it's still our house. Sticking with Penn State, but I want to shift from the coaching conversation to the quarterback conversation. And much of what we talked about with James Franklin, we could have a similar conversation uh, with Sean Clifford. There are There's an element of the fan base who they can't wait for Sean Clifford to move on. They would have done it last year. They would have done it the year before. And now they see Drew Aller throw a couple balls. Drew Aller is obviously the future of this team, but I believe Sean Clifford, although not perfect, he's the present day of this team. 
Yeah, and you know, I was talking to Dave Costa about it the other day. I mean, Will Levis's draft status is higher, and I think if he was at Penn State, it would still be Sean Clifford's job. I mean, Sean Clifford has earned the job. Um, Sean Clifford is an operator. He's a leader. Um, and I think what it does is it creates a perfect situation to put Drew Auer in to succeed. Um, you know, we talked earlier about uh, Robert Bolden starting at Alabama on the road as a true freshman in the first game. That was not – it wasn't necessarily setting him up to, to fail, but it was not setting him up to succeed. And ultimately, Matt McGloin won that job. And I think back to Christian Hackenberg where, you know, O'Brien needed Hackenberg to play and he got forced into situations that didn't set him up to succeed. And, um, you know, I think right now, you know, the playbook, I actually, I'm coaching flag football right now and I got out our old playbook to show the kids and it, it's three binders and what you can do with a true freshman versus what you can do with a six year is, is night and day. And what they're doing is, is they're getting deeper and deeper into the playbook with Drew Hour before he needs to perform. And and I think there's so much value in that rather than forcing him into situations too early um, and actually stunning his growth. You know, I would rather have him come out the back end of his career in a different position than what Christian Hackenberg did. Now, I think what Christian did as a true freshman was was necessary and it and it, you know, in a lot of respects saved the program. But um, I'm excited about the future for for Drew Hour and I don't want to rush that. And I'm in agreement with you that James Franklin, I don't think he's being given enough credit for this process. And again, you and I talked about this a little bit previously, but I do think this is uh, James Franklin, Franklin adjusting based on the problems that he had before. We all remember Iowa, and I understand, you know, he lost Will Levis to the portal. Well, guess what? The portal's reality. It's the way yep. it is. Injuries yep. are reality in the way it is. But he did not have a prepared backup quarterback. Now, if something happens to Sean Clifford, he's going to have a much better prepared backup quarterback, isn't I, it? I think you're right. But what I like is that he hasn't over-indexed. And strategically, if you think about it, he hasn't put too much of Drew Aller on film so that when we need him, I wouldn't be surprised if they start installing packages that use both him and Clifford. And, you know, I've, I've also made it the analogy to Tebow's freshman year at Florida when they won the national championship. Everybody remembers Tebow as a quarterback. Well, Leak was the quarterback. Tebow was brought in in situations. And I think on the back half of this schedule, you're going to see a lot more of Drew Aller in critical situations, but it's, it's as a wrinkle to the offense or, you know, as a supplement, not just as a backup. Fantastic. I hope that's the case. It'd be a lot of fun, Scott. Unfortunately, we're out of time. Scott, I hope you will be able to come back. Thanks so much for joining us today. And stick around for quarter number four. We're going to have Andrew P. Shea back. New Trail Brewing Company proudly crafts their beers right here in central Pennsylvania. Brewed with only the best possible ingredients, New Trail produces a variety of year-round brands as well as weekly experimental recipes. New Trail Broken Heels is Pennsylvania's favorite local hazy IPA. This beer is smooth and full-bodied. Hand-selected citra hops lead to notes of bright clementine and juicy ruby red grapefruit. Broken Heels is perfect for a pregame tailgate all the way through the victory celebration. 
It's that time again for football and tailgating, and no better way than with Go PSU RV. Drive your vehicle to Happy Valley and have an RV set up and waiting for you. And this year, KSN is teaming up with Go PSU RV to offer a special deal. Be the first to reserve the KSN special for the Ohio, Central Michigan, Northwestern, Maryland, or Michigan State game, and you'll get $500 off your RV. Call Mark at 800-519-8467 and tell him you want the KSN RV special. StateCollege.com is your one-stop source for news, sports, opinion, entertainment, and community events. Over a decade of experience covering the Nittany Lions from reporter Ben Jones. Lively commentary from columnist Mike Porman and others. Local perspective, local expertise, local information from Penn State's hometown website, StateCollege.com. Trust StateCollege.com for daily coverage of the school, team, and place you love. We are Tech Results, located right here in State College. Whether it's workstation, server and network installation, problem solving and maintenance, security assessments, or general evaluations, we are your complete IT partner. Learn more at TechResults.com. That's T-E-K Results.com. Or call us at 814-206-0000. Welcome back to the Keystone Kickoff Show. Brought to you by New Trail Brewing Company. New Trail beers are brewed right here in central Pennsylvania and delivered fresh and cold to your favorite retailers every week. When you're in Happy Valley, be sure to find New Trail at WR Hickey and other craft beer retailers. And welcome back to the Keystone Kickoff Show. It's quarter number four. I'm Jim Galante. Back with me is Andy Shea. Andy, it's time to look ahead now. Northwestern comes into town this week. At least the folks who uh, set these spreads don't think it'll be a a real good game. They have Penn State set as a 25-and-a-half-point favorite. So we've got to kind of adjust the conversation a little bit as to what are the things that we're looking for in this game. And I want to go back to the Central Michigan game for just a moment. And despite winning by 19 points, three touchdown win, there are a few things that I want to know if did Central Michigan expose anything uh, as far as weaknesses in this Penn State team? Did they provide a blueprint for teams even some uh, a team like Northwestern this week. So here is the, here was the conversation when Central Michigan was on defense. James Franklin mentioned multiple times they would play a cover zero, which means no safeties, nobody over the top, and we didn't take advantage of it. Now, in reviewing the game film, not me, but uh, T. Frank, our expert, said they really only did that a handful of times, but it was enough to show it to Penn State, and it appeared they were up in the box, wanted to stop the running game, the short passing game, and said Sean Clifford tried to beat us deep, and he didn't. Yeah, so they, they T. Frank is right. They only ran the cover zero with the stacked box, you know, Less than, you know, two handfuls of time. So it was one of the packages there. The, the, the MO for Penn state is you have to, you have to sort of take away the box and not let these two young running backs 
find slips and seams or bounce, right? Like a little slip, a little seam, or the ability to bounce, and and they're going to hurt you, and they're going to hurt you bad. In other words, you got to get them down three yards or less before the line of scrimmage, and they can't, you cannot afford to be guessing wrong and give them a clean crease. That is one of it. I think teams are, are starting – yeah, Central Michigan took a step forward in trying to figure out how to sort of interrupt Penn State's short passing game. And I thought the Central Michigan game, it was great because Penn State's counter to it was, okay, then I'll just throw it to the tight end, right? Like sort of a check down to the tight end. Penn State is not taking the defensive bait, right? Clifford is not taking, okay, yeah, throw it over the top. Well, if it's not, he could take advantage of it. Maybe they take a shot, but they're just, that is not part of the DNA of how this offense seems to, to be functioning well. I mean, if you look at Sean right now, he's got, you know, his completion rate is as high as it's ever been, 64%. He's averaging about 225 yards a game passing. He's got eight touchdowns, one interception. That's a very functional quarterback, and the way this offense is working with the compliments of running backs. Don't change it. This offense, I don't think, is about taking the top off the defense in the passing game. I actually see the running backs as having more capacity and capability to take the top off a of defense with a seam, a slip, or bouncing outside than I do them going long and deep in the passing game. Okay, Andy, before we continue the conversation, just a reminder, a couple big games coming up in a few weeks at Penn State. Got the whiteout game against Minnesota. Uh, the following week, home against Ohio State, couple huge games. No better way to enjoy that weekend than at gopsurv.com. This is where you drive your vehicle to Happy Valley, and an RV is set up and waiting for you. All set so that you can enjoy the entire weekend tailgating. A courtesy bus takes you to and from the game. You don't have to worry about parking. Also, Saturday night, don't worry about that long drive home. You can stay at the RV through Sunday. It's a fantastic weekend. If you're interested, give a call to Mark at 800-519-8467. All right, Andy, we were talking about you know a little bit of the, the blueprint that Central Michigan may have presented to other teams on how to p- play Penn State. I'm in agreement that, you know, this idea that what I fear is Penn State trying to force it. They're saying, wait a minute, cover zero, we got to beat them deep. And then you end up having a play like you had at Central Michigan where Sean Clifford, he forced a deep pass to a guy who was double covered. Meanwhile, Nick Singleton was standing all alone in the flat, nobody else on that half of the field, and Sean Clifford never even looked that way. If you get that opportunity to go deep, go ahead. If you don't have it, you don't have it, though. Now, on the flip side, when Central Michigan had the ball, it seemed like the best plan for them was that short passing game with crossing routes. Was that taking advantage of the Penn State linebackers, Andy? It's It's been Penn State's weakness since the Purdue game defensively is uh, crossing routes and over the middle and guys getting caught up in, you know, sort of, you know, they're not picks, but they're sort of rubs. You know what I mean? There's a little bit of that, but you know, ever since 
it started with the Purdue game, and and it has been it's something Auburn couldn't take advantage of it because their quarterback play was just so poor. But Central Michigan had great success with that, and they they also had great success running the football at times, catching Penn State in you know being uber aggressive. Which hey, that's the risk you take when you're an uber aggressive defense. Sometimes you're going to get caught, but the crossing route thing, yeah, you. It is a fundamental weakness of the defense. The the D-backs are still tackling pretty good in space. And the other sort of surprise this season is, at times and a little bit more than you might expect, Daquan Hardy has struggled in in coverage a little bit this year. And that's a bit of a surprise. Um, I, I expect him to get it worked out because he's flourished in that role and is talented. But he has struggled a bit, and he's not a problem with the crossing route. It's sort of the 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 linebackers and that part of the field just seems to open up a little bit. And Manny knows it, James knows it, and they have to find a solution for it through this Northwestern game and through the bye week as they get ready for that three-game grind because it's on film, Jimmy. It is on film, and there's lots of it. It is, and you're going to be facing stiffer competition so, and, and the other part of it, and I'm glad you did mention this, Andy, that when you're going to play that aggressive kind of defense, the plus is, yeah, you're going to force turnovers as they did again against Central Michigan. The downside, though, is you can get burned by it. All right, let me ask you this. So what is it you want to see from this team now? It's a, you know, a 25-point favorite. The game should not be in doubt, just like last week against Central Michigan. Even when it was tied 14-all, middle of the second quarter, I really didn't feel like there was any real threat. So what is it that we got? We should look for from this Penn State team? Be careful of this game, right? I will say that. What you're looking for for the Penn State team is to make sure they don't undervalue Northwestern. The, the, the point spread to me feels a little high. Northwestern has a major problem, and it has really, really cost them. They lost to Southern Illinois, which is an FCS team. They lost to Miami out of the MAC. They lost a heartbreaking game to Duke. They have nine turnovers in the last three games. They are minus five overall for the season. Northwestern is not built to overcome mistakes no matter who the opponent is. They don't have enough elite talent. Yeah, their quarterback has continued, Ryan Holinsky, he has continued to wing it all over the lot. If Northwestern can be mistake-free and they have to be just to be in this game, if they don't continue to shoot themselves in the foot, they could be a more problematic team. But you counter that and you say, all right, Penn State had four takeaways against Auburn. They added four more against Central Michigan, right? There you go, James. There's your turnovers you've been talking about. Basically, the, the the flip side of it is, okay, Northwestern has a turnover problem. Penn State has defense has been getting takeaways. And, oh, by the way, Penn State doesn't turn the ball over either. So if that changes, Penn State turns the ball over, running back fumbles, a quarterback throws an interception or two, and Northwestern is mistake-free, If Northwestern can keep this game tight, whether they are up by three points or down only by seven, that is their comfort zone. So it is something that Penn State has to be leery about. And what I'm looking for is 
them to continue their sort of exciting, you know, hair on fire, creating mayhem on defense that makes Northwestern uncomfortable and fall into the, what they've been prone to do, which is make mistakes and shoot themselves in the foot. That is what I'm looking for is that sort of level of play from Penn State that keep that makes Northwestern continue to be as comfortable as they have been. Okay, Andy, in the minute or two we have left, we need your prediction for the game and your bold prediction. Okay, so I want to... I want to preface this by saying I think that Northwestern puts up a little bit of a fight, and but I think Penn State's talent eventually uh, comes through. I, I I just have a feeling that Northwestern, they Pat Fitzgerald is a good coach. They're due for a better performance, right? They're due for a performance where they make this more of a little bit of a gritty game instead of you know we just keep you know shooting ourselves in the foot, in the head, and kicking ourselves in the gut. And I think Holinsky's going to sling it around and test Penn State's strength of this defense, uh, which is their secondary. But even if Northwestern does what it sort of reverses its tide and makes this a gritty game, I still don't think they have enough to, to impact the outcome. I have it Penn State 38 Northwestern 17, and my bold prediction this week is freshman quarterback Drew Aller throws a touchdown pass before halftime in this game. That will be interesting to see. Obviously, you answered one of my unasked questions, which is would we see Aller in the first half? All right, Andy, you have 38-17. You have Northwestern covering the spread. I think after a slow start last week a bit – I think they'll get things in gear this week. Penn State will win at 45-17 in cover. My bold prediction, you talked about the passing game with an Aller touchdown. I'm going to talk about two 100-yard rushers in this game. Both Singleton and Allen hit the 100-yard mark. Okay, that is it for the show. Thank you all for listening. Make sure you join us next time on the Keystone Kickoff Show. New Trail Brewing Company proudly crafts their beers right here in central Pennsylvania. Brewed with only the best possible ingredients, New Trail produces a variety of year-round brands, as well as weekly experimental recipes. And next time you're watching the game with friends or by the campfire, pick up the New Trail Hoppy Variety Pack. New Trail's Hoppy Pack is an absolute crowd pleaser. Packed with four different hoppy beers, it's sure to please everyone. It's that time again for football and tailgating, and no better way than with Go PSU RV. Drive your vehicle to Happy Valley and have an RV set up and waiting for you. And this year, KSN is teaming up with Go PSU RV to offer a special deal. Be the first to reserve the KSN special for the Ohio, Central Michigan, Northwestern, Maryland, or Michigan State game, and you'll get $500 off your RV. Call Mark at 800-519-8467 and tell him you want the KSN RV special. StateCollege.com is your one-stop source for news, sports, opinion, entertainment, and community events. Over a decade of experience covering the Nittany Lions from reporter Ben Jones. Lively commentary from columnist Mike Porman and others. Local perspective, local expertise, local information from Penn State's hometown website, StateCollege.com. Trust StateCollege.com 
for daily coverage of the school, team, and place you love. We are Tech Results. Located right here in State College, we specialize in providing assistance with many third-party software suites. Our clients include doctor's offices, lawyers, construction companies, and even hairdressers. We provide help with their industry-specific software. Learn more at techresults.com. That's T-E-K results.com. Or give us a call at 814-206-0000.